0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior uh, podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. I've got Eamon Joseph here. Uh, You know, he's an American actor and now director. Uh, You just did your uh, director uh, debut with, was it episode 608? 608 of uh, Snowfall? Uh,
1: Episode 608 is called The Ballad of the Bear.
0: Dude, one, everyone's been watching Snowfall, and I've got so many questions. Um, But... How did that? How did they go for you, man? Stepping or, or actually having a, a foot in both uh, buckets—one as one of the lead actors and as a, uh, a director—were you uh, tapped by the end of the episode? You know, I have so
1: much passion for this story, man. Mm-hmm. That it, it, it—this was a dream come true. You know, I've been working on this series for for six years now, and I live, eat, breathe this series. Uh, it was important to me when when I when I first joined that they were telling the story of how crack began, and I know how the crack epidemic has affected plenty of neighborhoods and, and communities around the, around our country, more over the world. And um, I really thought it was a way for me to be intentional, and part of that intentionality is also being able to be sp- super specific about the story beyond just my character, you know? So yeah, I was able to to play a fleshed out three-dimensional character, but also to be able to get behind the lens and show a point of view of, of just communities, people that I care about. And then I'm working with a crew that has supported me, helped me suspend my disbelief of six years. I walk on a set and I'm just transported to the 80s. That, that meticulous work that all the people in our company do I had them now as supporters to help me um, tell my story. So, um, yeah, dream come true, man.
0: I, I I have no doubt. Six years is a yeah. long time, dude. And in I'm, television, I'm sure bro. Now that it's it, – now that you guys are in your final season, I'm sure it seemed like a flash in the pan. Like it, it went like that. After you've dedicated your life to something, I don't care if it's TV or anything for six years – and the word comes down that, hey guys, this is going to be the final season. What were your, what, I mean, what were your initial thoughts, feelings when that uh, that news came down? Or were you expecting that to come down?
1: I um, always knew that this was a uh, cautionary tale. I knew that, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, it's the story of how it began, right? And I feel like, I love completion. I love completion. I love to know that, be able to tell a story beginning, middle, and end. Oftentimes, you know, with productions, you see how the business is in some way is contracting. Um, a lot of things are being cut to the, you know, to the, to the cutting room floor. A lot of shows are, are being cut because of tax breaks and things of that nature. So to be able to tell this story into completion was always to me a gift. That's a gift. Um, so if six seasons it is, it's six seasons it is. And and I was proud to be on that journey and then it's time to you tell that story until you wrap it up
0: when when that final episode airs you think you're going to have some tears
1: I don't I don't know I don't know I'll be open I'll be open to the moment of however I feel but you know with television an audience sees something so much further than when we you know that work is actually work that I did last year You know, the beginning that we we finished, we wrapped the um, in January of of 23. So already, in a sense, it's behind me, you know. Um, But more importantly, it's the it's the relationships, you know, is the it's the while I was doing this show, I got married. No, I'm sorry. While I was doing this show. I got engaged. I got married. I had my first child, my daughter. She's going to be five in next month, this month, this month, the end of this month, this month, she's five. Um, I had a son. He's one. He just turned one. I mean, all of these things happen with this family that you build, this working family, this community that you build while you're telling this impactful story. So that's the, that's the things that I'm left with. And I can only be happy about those things.
0: So I I read a, a recent article where the younger actors sang you accolades, which I, I'm sure you read this article. You've got to feel good about it where they just said, yeah, you're, you're a co-star with them, but also with the, the, the absence of, uh, John uh, John, you know, yeah. uh, John Singleton, you've stepped in and you've sort of been the, I, I don't want to say father-like figure, but, but the coach and the mentor to, to them. And they were highly appreciative for that as well as, and I love this, man. They are like, He's always positive. He's always turning the, uh, the 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 stereo on and keeping everything as positive uh, as possible. Yeah. You going be tired. How does that make you? feel? I mean, man?
1: that's 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 the job, man. You know, the job is to. I'm I'm a storyteller. And if I'm going to be the storyteller of my time, we got to do that with some enthusiasm. You know, you have to do that with. I also believe some enchantment. You know, it's a tough world out here. You know that, and if you're gonna show up. You want to show up with a certain type of enthusiasm for the for the job for the day. You want to let people you, that passion should should reek off of you, and that allows people to more than fill their space. There's often people when you go to a set, you go to a company. Not everyone is in a position that they're doing exactly what they love to do. We know that sometimes we're doing what we got to do right now, but that doesn't mean that there isn't untapped potential in 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 these people. That if you just tap in, play a little music, get it make it make it fun, make this day go by, let's not let this day go by without squeezing the juice out of all the creativity and all the intentionality and and when you do that, people respond and people give you more than you could have ever imagined, and then now we really collaborate you know
0: you said a very interesting word there: intentionality. Do you live? I mean, why that word? Do you live your life with intentionality? Is that something you focus on? That if you're going to dedicate, you're, you're going to be, you're, you're going to give it your all with, with without with that a effort? doubt.
1: I mean, that's, that's me. I, if I'm, if I'm locked in, I'm, I'm locked in, you know? And, and I like to be locked in on lifelong journeys. Like what, what's the temperamental thing is what, it, to me, temperamental things uh, are the distraction. Things without the discipline are the distraction. When you can set your intention on something, then you can look back at your life and, and you can see each step and you know that, all right, I really understand that the journey is everything. I really do understand now that the process is everything. Like, you know. I've just finished a chapter with with Snowfall. I was very intentional about Snowfall. I have to be equally as intentional about these next score years that come in my career. And what I realized is not the booking of Snowfall or the conclusion of it. It was that whole journey, the journey to directing, the journey to creating a character that has legacy. To be a part of a of a show that hopefully people will talk about decades from now, that was intentional when I did it, and I have to be just as intentional about my next steps. And and to me, that now I've learned is like, oh, all right, that's the that's the good stuff. It's 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 you don't know what's going to happen in the moment. Um, there can be some anxiety, but you got to beat through all of that stuff, and then. Go. You know what? I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be disciplined. And I know I I found a I found like I know my regiment, right? I know I know exactly what I need to do to be m- my optimal. So now, how do I improve on that system? Because the next thing that I want to do, I need to act. You know what I mean? I need to accelerate it. I I, I want to do what I do next better. So being intentional about that isn't so much, oh, I gotta get this goal, get, get that goal. It's how do I get to my goals more efficiently? And that's where the intention, that's where that's yeah, that's what that's the fun part now. That's the fun part.
0: For for an actor, and I mean you've you've done over five dozen films, and I have no doubt that Snowfall will be what do you think? Snowfall's one of the top three? Uh, of your life or would you consider it? I would,
1: I would, you know, right Right now now. I would say top one, but I'm only saying that because it's what's in the moment, you know, because I really do feel like, uh, excuse my French, but that shit burger film that I did somewhere number nine or 10 (laughs) is just important to my, to my growth and, and to my steps. And all I put, I put the same amount of passion. I put the same amount of preparation into everything. Yeah. So people may receive it um, as, Oh, this is your best work or whatnot. But for me, my best work is what's in front of me. You know, the plate in front of me is the best work. Um, I, yeah. I love
0: that, man. I'd love that. It's hey, dude, the high, the highest performers I've ever served with. It just, they're never satiated. They're never full. They could always do everything better for, for an actor like you coming off of something so huge, you you used the word cautionary tale. Uh, Do you have to go harder to secure the next project or do some actors think, Hey, coming off of something this, this magnitude things are just going to be flying at me left and right.
1: How do you, well, that's the part that we I I was kind of alluding to a moment ago. Yeah. If, 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 Nothing is nothing. Nothing is guaranteed. You know, you got to kill what you eat. And that's that's that to me, if at least if you're if you're living like that, whatever comes extra is a bonus. If someone says, hey, I know your work and based on your work, I want to give you an opportunity or I would like to collaborate, then So be it. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you that my work preceded me. But I'm just as prime to get out here and hunt again for the next role, for the next thing that makes sense. Perhaps the the role that's given to me may not be the best role for me. Maybe someone wants me to jump through the hoops of 11 different auditions to get to the next role that's really made for me. So I have to be prepared for that. I have to have my mind right for that. I can't be fat on the last job. I can't be content with the with you know, where I am even economically. It, it it's all about the craft for me. It's all about the, the story. And you have to pay the price. In my opinion, every role has a price to pay. There's a price. And sometimes that price comes in the beginning where you have to audition 10 times sometimes that price is the psychological um residue that stepping into a certain mindset leaves on you how it impacts you um there's a way to get into these roles a way to get out but there's always a price you know and um and I'm willing to pay that you know that's what I that's what I do
0: does Hollywood it, it, does Hollywood test actors, you, you know, absent of let's say talent? Is Ho- Hollywood almost a test for for young actors in like resiliency and just grit, the ability to receive no after no after no until yeah. until you break through? Yeah. And a lot for a lot of people, they just give up. Oh, without a doubt.
1: I mean, this is um, this mindset is a shield. <laughs> this mouth mal- this mindset i have is a is a mask that's been calibrated to the environment of no of of, of a diet of no <laughs> a diet of you're not enough a diet of we don't see that for you a diet of it a diet of even when you get an opportunity you wasn't the one thought about so it's 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 interesting because we're entertainers at the end of the day. I'm an entertainer. I'm here to entertain an audience. It's no great big feat here, but to do that, you take a lot of. I'm in service of an audience actually, but to yes. do that, yes, to do that, there's a lot of rejection. So you got on one hand this type of person that all they want to do is please an audience <laughs> but enable to do to do that you have people saying that you no you're not enough to do that you 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 don't deserve the right to do that why you and um so you you have to have a really strong um you got to have a real strong governance in you and um and yeah this game will get rid of you this game will shatter um the weak it really will uh and destroy a lot of confidence um and and perhaps can skew your value system on things that that it shouldn't be um if you're swept up by the uh by the opinion of others
0: yeah i i have no doubt that i i would assume you no longer read reviews uh, <laughs> online i know joe rogan said that and and with social media man there's a lot of haters out there who love to hide behind the uh, ambiguity or or the anonymous nature of their, uh, their keyboard. But you know,
1: if you, if you, my whole thing is if you, there is a, if you read the good stuff, then you got to read the bad stuff.
0: Bad stuff. Right.
1: So it's either you read it or you don't read it at all. For me, I read it all. I want to, I want the, listen, you, Sometimes a bad review has a a a, a little a little a, there's a, sometimes a little truth in there. You know, it's I also feel like you you have to be able to laugh at yourself. So what can someone that I don't know across the keyboard really say that's going to affect me? I mean, the stuff that's off-limits is going after your family, going after y- your oh, character. Yeah things of that nature, Oh yeah, I, you can already dismiss that stuff. If that stuff is sticking to you, it it's a mirror of what you really need to work on into, in yourself. So for me, um, going in there and looking at the reviews and looking at what people say, I feel like there is some helpful criticism in there and the rest you discard and you have to be able to, you know, now, am I going to spend all of my time doing that? Of course not, because I'm working on the next thing, right? But- I do think that it's fun sometimes to get it to 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 use that as a as a reflection and go, okay, this is how people think. Again, I'm here to I'm I'm here to serve an audience. So if the audience has real criticism that may be caught in the 295th comment, if I'm scanning through and I see something and someone says, I, oftentimes I look at reviews and go, hmm. It was on to something there and I knew it when I was doing it or we knew that there was holes in this character or in this story and an audience sometimes is is keen to see these things. And, you know, I just think that you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of have a, a tough, some tough skin and it's okay to, it's okay that someone doesn't like you. It's all right. They don't know you, they're not affecting you really. But sometimes they're saying some real stuff. (laughs)
0: no there's there's truth in what you just uh said uh so I'm interested man uh to say that uh jerome saint is uh is a memorable character is maybe an understatement i mean uh you yeah, know i love love this description rage regret love, and savage behavior combined in one character oh yeah uh <laughs> for, you, for you i am interested as an actor because I've seen this in the military let's say when somebody wins some high level medal. Uh, For valor. Mm -hmm. That's them for the rest of their life. And and they actually start to hate that metal. Do you, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're wildly proud of the character you created, the character you developed, and you gave your heart and soul for six years. But in a way, do you have to kill that character in your mind? And what I mean by that is, do people start to typecast you to that one character? Or do you think just because of the breadth of your experience, they know you can play, uh, you know, a a a wide array of uh of roles
1: yeah i think when you do something um you know it's so funny my there are obituaries going around with uh my character and it has a, like fake dates on it and you know a few i've seen a funeral home yeah and um and I think that stuff is hilarious. I think it's funny, and uh, and I, you know, I'll repost it and have fun with it as well. But I was thinking the other day. I said, you know what? What's interesting is that when I actually die, someone is probably going to make an obituary very similar. Someone could use one of these memes and go, "Amon Joseph has passed." you know and yeah let's put them with the curl cuz this is how you remember them and that doesn't represent um Jam and Jerome anymore but it will represent me and i thought about that for a moment i was like man it really as much as this is entertainment as much as this pre- is pretend it isn't as well and that's the that's the beautiful thing about Spending six years doing something that people will remember you as as a thing. I I went to the gym uh, two days ago and a lady saw me and started like having a moment. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And she was like, I'm having a problem right now. She was like hyperventilating. Like, I just saw you pass and you're here and I'm I'm just having. And I sat with her for a moment. and It was a little weird. (laughs) Then I left. But um i think that's a great thing i think the fact that i set out to play impressionable roles and that it has had that effect i think is an amazing thing but personally as a man i can't live in the existence of a of a um of some cocaine selling dude from the 80s no more than if I win an award for this portrayal. Can I live every day in the medal, in the in the admiration? Um, that's part that's the beautiful part of being an actor, is that I have to strip that off. It's intentional that I look different right now. It is intentional that I, you know, do interviews and people get to know Amen because I will transform into another character (laughs) in a few months that will have its own life beat you know and um heartbeat and and that's the fun thing about my craft so i'm not worried about being typecast or anything like that because for me it's always the decision of what i choose to do but as far as people remembering me as that and seeing me in the street and going jerome Big dude saw me the other day, yesterday, matter of fact. I went by a store, I was gonna get my daughter something to eat, and the guy came up to me and was like, Nah, man, you you ain't do us like that. Why you had to do us like that? Came gave me a big hug. And, you know, I'm gonna that that's just what it is. That's what it's gonna be. And I take that, you know, I take that I take the love from that. I've been in people's living rooms for the last six years and you get connected to something and And now it's wrapping up, Um, but it's surreal. It definitely is. It definitely is a bit surreal.
0: I want to. uh, I want to go back to something you say because I'm gonna like 100 percent push back against you because you're right in what you said. Talking about you know this directorial debut and how you want to pass your craft to the younger generation of actors. And you're, you said that's that's what should be done, and you're absolutely right, but that is not. That's not usually what we see. A lot of people don't pour into the next generation to make them as good or uh, better than you. You are, so you know that's not a nature thing. You weren't born with that. That is a nurture thing. Somebody must have poured into you and taught you to do that for for the subordinates below you. Where did you learn? the value of pouring into those around you? Was there somebody in your life that, 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 that set that example for you to follow?
1: Well, both of my parents are educators. So um, I can definitely point there in, in the beginning, but coming up as an actor, to be quite honest, it always felt competitive. It always felt, That the actor and 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 so and what's what's interesting is not necessarily with my peers, but with the elder actors that I wanted to mentor me. It always felt like I was a threat, or that they just didn't want to pour into me, and I always felt um, bitter about that until I learned that I don't know what their story is. I don't know, you know, our, our father's generation or, you know, generations that are maybe a few decades older, they had a different walk. It could have been competitive. So now here you are this young guy with potential and talent and and all eager and optimistic. Um, I don't know, maybe, For them, it was, you know, break them. That's how you break them. Get out of here. Um, I don't know, but I didn't like it. And I was intentional. I've always been to say, you know what? That will never be me. If you come to me and you want advice, I'm going to give you advice. I'm not going to continue giving you advice until you start doing actionable things but you, you i will start you off with the information to get you started in a real way in a, in in a in a personalized way i can give you that amount of time um and it's the same amount of time that i would have wanted when i was coming up you know
0: the it's one thing to go down in history as as a as a master of your craft it's another to be a master of your craft and to have make the next generation below you that much better than you are to be remembered for those two things is what I think secures a legacy. And we've all seen it. We've seen athletes, we've seen actors, we've seen the heads of their professions who are the best at what they do. But let's be honest, they're, 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 they're freaking assholes yeah. that didn't care about anyone else but themselves. Yeah, And they'll be remembered for that, man. They'll be remembered. You know, I, I'm interested, man, because John Singleton, do you feel blessed to have worked with him before he passed? Talk
1: about a guy that, um, matter of fact, I should take everything back and go. I had a, an example of that, um, right there on snowfall set because John was a man that always poured into people, you know, and I felt like we had that in common. It's like, oh wow, this is a, you know, the moment he saw me. The moment I told him I wanted to be a director. Oh oh man, yeah, yeah you're a director already. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah yeah, you're a director already. You gonna you're gonna be directing. You're gonna be. Um, but let me tell you what I want you to do with this character this year. <laughs> he would be so, um, so magnetic, so optimistic. There was an energy. It was an energy of collaboration and like I used that word, enchantment of of magic. Like I like I am a like anything is a possibility. You know when someone is in their bag. That's what we love. You know what I mean? When you when you know you know when when some when he when John Singleton's on a set, John Singleton is in a workshop nirvana and 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 tools can just come you know what i mean like he is working a magic a craft storytelling it's purposeful and to give that energy to other creatives he was he was really selfless in that regard really selfless He's done things that people have no idea um, that he was the one that tapped them for opportunity. Um, he left us from from security detail to DPs to actors to uh, people behind the uh, to the writing room. He left strategic people in places. I would wa- I would watch John. I could be out with John for lunch and someone come over with a, hey, John Singleton, I love your story. Man, I just got out of jail. It's tough and everything, but I loved your movies coming up. We used to watch it in the pen. He's like, you need a job? Come down and fill out an application for this post and we're going to try this. I would see that person (laughs) three weeks later, literally. See them three weeks later, that person's working. And that might not be the place of course, where they end up. That's just the beginning of their story. But later on, I just went to Sundance and saw a friend like that, that John had given a a opportunity to. I go to Sundance and they're running all of the volunteers. They're still in the film business. They're running all of the volunteers. They come up to me, amen, what's going on? I'm like, whoa, what are you doing here? Oh, I started working with different festivals. I'm um, now, that all started with John probably like five years ago. Um, so it's, it's just stories like that and just impactful people that, um that care about, care about what they do immensely and care about how they affect people. You know?
0: That's, I mean, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, So I, you know, naturally with John Singleton, he's got a, Dude, he's got a wide range of films, but I mean, Boys in the Hood has to be the, the, the standout. And I'm trying to remember what year was that? 1992,
1: 94? I think so. No, it's, I think it's like 92.
0: 90, and, and he was what oh, up for the yeah. Golden Globes and the Oscar?
1: Yeah, he was the youngest Do you think the film, youngest youngest, youngest yes. um Oscar um, nominee.
0: Do you think the film was ahead of its time? in the sense that if that was released in 2017 he walks away with both awards hands down
1: you know i don't know about the award part of it because you know awards are awards right who Political. knows that's a yeah. voting body yeah. and who cares yeah. um and and who knows what the other what the competition is right but as far as all of John's content, is timeless. Um, it's timeless. And that's the part that's a bit eerie as well. It's a bit eerie that Boys in the Hood is just as poignant today as it was in 92. Because that's 30 years ago. It's a little sad that we're still dealing with drugs, we're still dealing with impoverished communities, we're still dealing with you know, food deserts and we're still dealing with a, 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 a mindset of lack, of victimization. We're still dealing with a pariah-like capitalistic system, that will prey on a broken community. We're still dealing with underfunded schools. We're still dealing with parents that have checked out. We're still dealing with gang violence, perpetuating uh, harm, on people that look like you in your neighborhood, in your community. There's so many things that. It's it's more like a documentary for right now. It's, that's 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 interesting. So was it ahead of his time? No, because that was the time. Um. Mm-hmm what's scary is that when we say cautionary tell, are we really learning a lesson <laughs> or is it-
0: I think we know the answer to that. You know, I think we know that answer. Um, I th- dude, it sounds like you've got your next project. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the John Sing- Singleton uh, documentary, which I, I know somebody will eventually do, uh, in the impact of, of his work, not to, to, to stay on, uh, you know, how do I want to phrase this uh, finding words? Plus I've been blown up a couple of times. The brain oh. does not work. I've got gray matter there. <laughs> um, let me, let me move to, to snowfall because this relates to, to, you know, John Singleton and his timeless work. And I mean, this was John Singleton's, how much research did you do into the history of the, uh, crack co- uh, crack cocaine epidemic and the government involvement, CIA, uh, how much research did you do stepping into this show at which I'm sure you did. And then as you uncovered more and you learn more, that's gotta be a pretty disappointing, angering, <laughs> uh, uh, feelings that, I mean, it's, it's not a, it's not a good part of our history.
1: Yeah, not at all. Um, you know, I grew up in Harlem, New York, so I wasn't, I wasn't surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised I grew up hearing stories like that which often makes a paranoia in communities like mine that there's a mistrust for all type of law enforcement and police and it, it just permeates throughout the community because you hear these nefarious tales of people setting people up or or you know the, the blowout, the blowback of putting cheap drugs in a neighborhood is that you you're, you're literally making crack babies. You're literally changing. John Singleton said something that was so impactful. He said throughout um, African-American, he was talking about African-Americans, but he said throughout the African-American experience in the United States, through chattel slavery, through Jim Crow, through civil rights movements even through heroin, there's only been one time in American history where black mothers would sell their babies, where they would leave their children. In no other time, there was no other, the crack epidemic was, was unique in that way, that here, here are people that all they had, even when we didn't know our last names, there was some sort of community. There was some sort of bond. There was actually from one plantation to the other that a mother would take in another person's child as a surrogate. But this drug comes into a community and, and rips it and 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 destroys it in a way that even that bond is no longer sacred. And um, so, to yeah, so to read dark alliance, you know, Gary Webb and and then there's then to realize what happened to him to read some of the archival stuff from the mercury um and a lot of the other source material that I read on the times was yeah, it was sobering. It was so it was really sobering. But you know, power corrupts and and it's been it's been a tough it's been a tough uh, it's been a tough role for a lot of people, not just African and American people in this in this country. Um, and we have to stay vigilant and we have to stay on top of it just like in these times now, you know um, And then there was this story that I needed to tell where truthfully my character, none of this is this is you know this is hindsight at the time. A character like mine would know nothing of this. So it also was being able to play the naivety that this was just about greed or just about Mm -hmm. self-improvement, just about getting up and and not being poor anymore or having the lavish stuff that you see other people in society have Um, when there was a bigger much bigger mushroom effect of what was going on from even the actions
0: of a of a misguided drug dealer. Environments environments shape us. Oh yeah. And 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 the only reason in I mean I, I you know I can't let me let me choose this. I could I, I can't even imagine what you're describing for, for the African-American community. Cause I haven't lived it. I haven't walked in your shoes, but I know I was a pawn in, in the greater, uh, thing we call the military while the Iraq war was going on. We know there was a lot more going on there. That was not truthful. But again, I was shaped by the environment as a young soldier. Uh, and, um, again, you said bigger things were, were at play. Yeah. You are naive to those things until you grew up a little. Yeah. And, uh, and you wise up, man. Um, this is a conversation, man. I would love to have, but this this is a this is an endless conversation. I'll say this. Here is my perspective: We are a country that went to war on two fronts in World War II against two superpowers and came out victorious. If we wanted to affect change internally within our nation, <laughs> we have the power to do it. It's that. Again, uh, close. Well if we wanted to do effect change, we would. And, uh, as you said, bigger things are at play here. Um, and that's, that's disgusting to me, but I do want to move on to, uh, you, I mean, 2023 is already shaping up. Uh, I heard there's an Oscar nod for your performance at Sundance. So you've got that going on, uh, your nominee, uh, for the N- uh, NCAA uh, award for 2023. How does that feel, man?
1: Oh man, it feels good. It it feels good to be seen. Um, like I said, for as an artist, you just want to entertain. You want to impact and 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 infect um your viewer. And for for me to be also um, you know, nominated, seen um, that that's just crème de la crème. Like that's 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 it. Winning is a whole nother thing, but to be recognized is the first thing uh, for your work. Um, and I'm really proud. I'm really proud of the work that I'm doing. And I, and I look forward, I think this is just the beginning and I look forward to, you know, to continue and to, to make impactful characters within, within timely, expansive, you know, great cinema and television.
0: I've watched a number of your interviews and as we were doing research. You you talk about dedicating and committing yourself and then just just pounding away at your craft, which not only speaks to people that are within your industry, future actors, directors, producers, but it speaks to anyone trying to follow their passion. What do you – when your son – and I know he's one – when he's 10 (laughs) – what are those things? And he's identified a passion with, let's say it's basketball, piano, uh, STEM science. What are you going to tell him about perfecting his craft when he's 10 years old? What, what's the advice you're going to give to him that quite frankly, the advice you give to a 10 year old, uh, most adults can, uh, can hear <laughs> and actually need to have the discipline and accountability to instill in their lives. But, but given your experiences, man, the fact that you've been wildly successful, and I know that success didn't come overnight and you've had your share of obstacles, but what are you going to tell your son and your daughter about perfecting their craft?
1: Um, you know, as much as I would want to have some sage wisdom, advice, you know, kind of the nugget. I think it's really about people watching you go after something. You know, I remember my dad, when I was young, my dad had a a um, office products business. And he used to take me with him on his, you know, if he had to, at the time there were like word processes and computers and, you know, I mean the desk and copy paper. And, and I, I just remember being with him to, to, you know, going on a delivery to one of his clients too. And so my dad didn't have to tell me so much about the hard work because I saw him doing it, you know, I saw him, I saw the pride that he had in his work. I saw the dedication. I saw when he was tired that he still had enough energy to do that. And then also entertain me, you know, (laughs) and that was impressionable. And I think I would want to do the same God willing uh, for my children just to see me, just, just to see how much I put into the process to fail <laughs> sometime, you know, I'm going to fail and, um, and, but they should see that and know that that's okay. And then, you know, And then, yeah, we got some kind words or some tough words or some, you know, or some some fire under that or sometimes hugs and let's sob it out. But to watch me go through my my wife and I go through going after things ourselves, I always want to just be going after something, something new, something that I'm challenging myself and also learn with, you know, learn something new with the child. It's real easy when you're teaching somebody something that you know more than they, but also to, to learn something together for the first time, um, sort of levels the playing field and shows how, you know, how you can get, how, how you can get better at something. and And if you stick to it, you get better and you get more resilient. And, you know, so that's, that's the way that I would teach. Of course, I only have a one-year-old, so I don't, I don't, I don't know yet. But that's at least that's at least my thoughts on it.
0: So, what you're talking about is something, and, and this actually may be in reverse. But doing, yeah, is greater than talking. Yeah. So, in the military, and you know, my dude, I, I had good folks, man. They were disciplinarians. I was not an easy kid, a- and they laid the foundation. But when you end up in the military. You're like, oh my God, my parents can't help me anymore. I either got to assimilate and get along or, but they preach something that, that I fully believe in. And I talk to companies about this because my primary job is leadership development, working with the corporate sector. But you just talked about what we call setting the example or leading by example. It's a form of observational modeling, um, or behavioral learning. And I've got a good friend that says people will be what people can see. Mm. Your, your kids, your coworkers will be what they can see. Meaning, do you say what you're going to do? And interestingly, if you remember, there was a 19, you know, the don't do drugs campaign, which oh, yeah. was wildly unsuccessful <laughs> in 1987. There was a, a a video where a father comes into a room and it's a cigar box. And in the cigar box is marijuana and his kids on the bed with, with the big ass uh, headphones back in the uh, eighties. The and the father says, Hey, where did you learn to do this? And the son dodges the question. And then the father asks again, and the son looks at him and says, I learned it from watching you, dad. I learned it from watching you. Yeah. There is, there is a time to talk. There is a time to, to have those conversations with your son and your daughter, but you've got to back it up with action. Yeah. If not, they're, they're just of words, man. That, that man, that, that says a lot about you. Um, and you confirmed a whole lot, uh, by saying that, uh, Eamon, I, you know, I, I, I'm almost tempted to, well, I'm going to go brag uh, about this interview and be like, man, he's the next John Singleton, but you know what? You're, you're, you're the next uh, Eamon Joseph, first of his name. Yeah. Um, I have no doubt you're, you're going to, you're going to take the torch that, that John once held and, and take it to, to, to the next level. And then you're going to, you're going to pass that torch uh, on to somebody else. But um, for the viewers, what are you passionate about that's coming up in the next six to, to 12 months that uh, we'll follow? We'll drop all the links, but uh, what do you want to draw the uh, the listeners into?
1: I like to stay with what's right in front of me. Um, tomorrow night, Wednesday, April 5th, there's an episode of Snowfall. It's called The Ballad of the Bear. It's my television de- directorial debut, and it is a fine piece of television. Um, we're right in the crux of our climax in 608. We have 10 episodes. We're gearing up for this finale. And, um, I can't wait for people to see that. That's, you know, um, so much, so much, like I said, love and, and intention. And it, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the come, it's the, it's the closing of an age here. You know, this type of television also should be, uh, this, this type of television isn't guaranteed in the future um, to tell a story as expansive as this um, that speaks a lot of truth to power. It's not an easy show to get made, a snowfall that takes a, a look at our, our government, takes a look at social inequalities and takes a look at a, a nasty drug that was like a, a epidemic. Um, it's hard to make those type of shows. Um, I talk to execs all the time about could you make a snowfall in this day and age, and not so many people think you can, you know. Um, so I think I'm, I'm just hope that an audience will. If you haven't seen Snowfall, binge it. Take out check out a couple episodes sometime on the weekend when you can, when you're away from the kids. <laughs> and um and we really put a lot of effort love into it um it's the last uh one of the last testaments of of john singleton's legacy and yeah. um uh, i want to keep that up and, and keep that word uh the, that john singleton keep that name rather in um in the public zeitgeist as well
0: i do uh, i've got two questions uh one uh, i want to touch on on some of the 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 chari- not the charity work the uh the social uh justice work that you're doing uh and then we we end this podcast by asking our our, our guests a, uh, a question about their legacy but uh the awareness movement uh where you're trying to create content to help with the dialogue between local communities and law enforcement uh how's that going man um one i don't know how you find the time but uh how's it going what do you think of the major obstacles are to taking it to the next level?
1: I don't know about the next level, but it's going good. I, I feel like anytime that you, anytime that you put your mind toward healthy dialogue, you're going to get it. And it just is a matter of, in my opinion, it's a matter of people talking. It's a matter of people being um, that the familiarity, uh, like I said, a lot of times in, in neighborhoods in which I come from, there is already a disdain for the police. It, it almost feels like it's from birth, and we know that it isn't, but it's because of the habitual. If your dad was arrested, and your cousins were arrested, and 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 family members are in jail, and the narrative is that the police are a pariah to your community. And then from the police uh, side, it's, you're almost looking at a population that you're there to serve and protect as everyone's a criminal until they prove mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm. Everyone's a criminal until they prove otherwise. You know, I remember as a young man, like eight years old, I had a gun pulled out on me from police officers. I'm running across the street to get my ball, and they thought that I was doing a a, a drop, like a, a a routine little drug run around the neighborhood. Um, and that was at the time like traumatized. I was like, what, a gun on me. I, I didn't know what, why, Wait. what happened, why, what happened, and it's like, why are you running? And I'm running to get my ball. And now the ball's popped in the middle of the street (laughs) and you leave feeling deflated. It doesn't feel human. It feels like I'm just another criminal. Um, and that robs a bit of your childhood. It robs a bit of your, it robs a bit of, Oh, I want to grow up to be a policeman. It robs a little of that. Um, and there's a lot of circumstances like that in in neighborhoods like where I'm from. Um, so to me, dialogue, healthy dialogue, humanizing a police officer, humanizing the man behind the badge. I understand that there has to be a mask. Um, I understand that there's it, just so personal that lo- uh, law enforcement officers can get. But there is there is a human way of dealing with each other um, and getting to know each other and having dialogue and letting people know the stories that have impacted them and how they feel. And when you do that, perhaps that next moment to communicate out here in the world, high stakes, no one calls a police officer when everything's good. It's always a problem when they show up, right? So to be able to de-escalate that to be able to see the, the next traffic stop or the next domestic violence situation or just the noise disorder, whatever, that it isn't a combative situation until it is. And, and we all respect it when it is, um, but just a healthy dialogue. And, and so uh, we set that up in different, um, in different communities. That we think need that type of work um and we're always up to do that you know to have those type of meetings um with officers and and community
0: that's increasingly tough to do when we expect our leadership to be the very best in the national capital capital region washington dc and they can't even have a healthy civil professional tactful dialogue that makes it much more complicated at the state and local level so that is it, it, dude everything you said reeks of humanity of logic of just being a good human being but easier said than done and 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 I can't thank you enough for fighting that fight and I mean this not like hey dude if you need something from men's journal on that ask and and hopefully you get from us or at least me uh, we will support you where we can, uh, whether it's through content or anything else, to to assist you with those uh, those efforts. And I mean that. Um, so we ask our guests, and for some people, this doesn't matter to them. Uh, it matters to me, maybe because maybe I've left some uh, some some of uh, my brothers in arms behind. But a legacy, your legacy in life, um, what does it mean to you? And when all is said and done, man, I know you've got another fifty years in you, maybe more. <laughs> When all is said and done, and that time comes, and you know it's your last day, what do you want your legacy to be known as? Mm.
1: Oh man, my legacy! I, 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 I know that while I'm here, I want to, I want to be, I want to continue to evolve. I want to continue to challenge my belief system, I want to continue to to stand for what what I think is right, to be able to adjust that when it no longer serves myself, my family, and my community. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. I want to leave a legacy of art that is one of the best of my time. And I'll leave the, whatever, the legacy. I think that's for other people to determine after I do my best. You know, I feel like then they, then they, then they're going to say what they're going to (laughs) say. You know, Um, I also want to be philanthropic. I feel like to be able to in my lifetime set up a trust to set up something that lives beyond me with the oh, yes. with the with, with this type of code um would be special to me. I would I would feel very
0: complete. Yeah. That's a great answer. And you just used a word that few people, most people don't have a code anymore. And if you just took a little time to define your code, Big time. Um, it would be beautiful. I, people on this podcast have heard me uh, say the poem of Tecumseh. If you ever have time, look it up. I, I, I know it. I used to say it with my my son as he went to bed. Uh, but I think it embodies everything you would want to teach your your kid. And it's a code to, to live by. Um, Amen, dude. I, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us, man. Uh, hearing your perspective, listening to you talk about your craft, your your theories on life, man. You are the real deal, and I'm not uh, blowing smoke whatsoever, man. I'm I'm blown away by this uh, this uh, this podcast. So we will drop uh, as many links as we can for people to go watch your work. Uh, we're going to try to push out uh, episode 608 on Men's Journal to assist yeah, yeah, and push yeah. people that way for the episode, man. Uh, I know your time is valuable. Thank you. And again, uh, if you need anything from us, man, just ask.
1: Thank you, brother. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you, man.
0: All right, guys. This is the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior uh, podcast. I've been with uh, Eamon Joseph, and this is Mike Sorelli. We'll see you again next time.